Good morning. All right. There's still some coming in. I'm going to pause just a minute. But uh, if we've got any visitors out there, you'll see a Connect card in the uh, hymn book rack in front of you. Fill that out and drop it in the offering plate or in that little drop box at the back on the wall. That's where we take up our offerings now. And uh, at least we'll be able to connect with you later. If you need the restrooms, they're right down this hall to the left, my left, your right. And uh, Children's Church is down the same direction. It's good to see you all this morning. Good to enjoy this uh, beautiful weather we've been having. Let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a beautiful day to come together and worship you. To hear your word spoken. Lord, we thank you for our guest speaker. Bless him, Lord, as he brings us the message he has for us. Lord, we thank you once again for allowing us to be a part of your team. Bless all of our efforts. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The scripture I'm going to read today is keyed in on our guest speaker. It's from Judges chapter 7. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people with him, rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod. And I'm going to skip on down. Just more or less kind of tell you the story. They were being invaded by a host of enemy, and God moved him to get some people together to fight them. Verse 2 says, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel claim glory for yourselves. We did it at our own strength. Now therefore, proclaim the hearing of all the people, who is a fearful and afraid, let him turn and return and depart at once. And about, no, it said, and 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. And the Lord told him, you still got too many. With 10,000, you'll still say, we did it in our own strength. Take them down to the water and watch how they drink. And those who bring the water up to their mouth to drink, set them aside. And those who get down, put their face in the water and drink, set them aside. There was only 300 of them that did this. The Lord said, for those 300, I'm going to give you the victory. That way you can't say we did it on strength. Well, Gideon was a man of faith. He said, okay, Lord, we'll give you the victory. And so I'm going to skip over the next page because I want you to hear. It says, now the Midianites and Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore multitude. So it doesn't tell us how many they were, but they're innumerable. And here's a little army of 300 people is going to fight them. Now who's going to get the glory? God's going to get the glory. And I'm going to tell you a little brief thing. In 1899, three traveling salesmen had noticed each other 
reading their Bibles, and they realized they must be men of faith. And they got together and said, we need to form an organization for the furtherance of the gospel. And they were praying about it, about what should they call themselves. One of them said, I've got it. We'll call ourselves Gideons because we're few in number and we're going to do great works for God. And that's how the Gideons came about. All right, I'm going to turn it over to our music group. Psalms 34.3 states, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Won't you stand with me as we sing, God is lifted up. Another beautiful song, Jesus Messiah. Very worshipful. Lord of all, 
may be seated and children you may go to your class now Okay, it's our bulletin says speakers, Carvin Adams, and you know that Carvin's not going to be here. His wife got COVID, and so he's exposed, so he's isolating the throat. I don't know that he has it, and he won't be here Wednesday night, and I failed to make the announcements a while ago when I, my opening comments. Uh, this coming week, we got 7th, 8th, 7th through 9th grade youth camp at Pollock. Wednesday night, Sister Carvin, Mary's going to fill in, and she says she strongly desires your prayers, right? <laughs> so y'all pray for Mary. She's going to be filling in and bringing us a devotion uh, Wednesday night. And hopefully next Sunday, Carver will be back with us. That's what it, we have him scheduled for. Um, our prayer request or in your bulletin, but in addition to those on there, Sandy Adams and her sister Pam, and of course Carvin now is isolating. Annie needs our prayers. Ray Owens. Um, John Spires is on there, but I understand he's now moved in with his son in Monroe. Uh, Y'all can get the address to send him a get well card or whatever. When he gets able to, he might be back with us again. We're hoping to see him again. Of course, we always lift up our country and our leaders. And at this, at this time, we definitely need to be praying for our country and our leadership. For those traveling, we have quite a few out today. Uh, the lost... We all have those that are needing God in their lives. We especially need to lift them up. Do what? Oh yes, Brantley uh, does have COVID, and he's on our list. Well, he's, he was one that we added the name, and. Uh, He's one that Betty and I have been teaching. Uh, we'll be teaching again next month at uh, Children's Church. And, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer before our speaker comes up. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings on Brother Ronnie as he brings us the Gideon message. Just inspire him, Lord. Be with all these prayer requests we have printed in our bulletin and these we've added. We know, Lord, that your power is not diminished. You can still raise the dead, Lord. And we know you can heal. We've seen it. So we're asking your blessings on these that are out because of illness. Be with those that are traveling. Bring them back to us safely. Be with our youth that's going down to camp this week. Bless the leaders there, 
this will be a spiritually enlightening time for them. And Lord, we thank you once again for allowing us to be a part of your ministry. We thank you for the Gideon ministry and what it's meant over the years. They started off, Lord, just to have united service for you. And then they were inspired to put a Bible in every hotel that could be checked out. And then that grew to putting a Bible in every room. And now, Lord, we put out two billion scriptures around the world and we're getting close to getting a third billion. So, Lord, just continue to bless that ministry. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be in your church today. I want to tell you some things about what's going on in the Gideon ministry. You know, our job is to get Bibles out and tell people about God's Word. But you know, there's a problem with that, and it's called the devil. And the devil is still working in our world. So that's what makes what we do so that much more important. Well, I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you have ever given out Bibles to fifth graders at school? How many of you have placed Bibles in a doctor's office or in a motel? How many of you have been to a foreign country and handed out Bibles? How many of you distributed Bibles to a, a child or a grown-up? You're probably sitting there thinking, well, I've never done that. But you know, in reality, you have done that because you support the Gideon ministry. This church has been a great supporter of the Gideon ministry for year in and year out. And we appreciate what you've done. Uh, you know, when we do this at school, that's one of my favorite things is handing out Bibles in the schools because when you hand that testament to that child, you're going to get a big smile back, back in return. You know, they're so happy to get that. But you know, I'm sure that our missionaries and our Gideon workers in foreign countries, when they're handing those Bibles out, they're, they, they're giving people hope. They're giving people the book of hope. Uh, you know, or our Bibles that are placed in hospitals and doctor's rooms. You know, people are there for a reason. They're sick. They need help. And there's God's Word that gives them hope. You know, you've been a huge part of this, and I commend you for it, and I thank you for it. You know, most people, when they look at this, they say, well, that's a Bible. But a few years back in Argentina, there was this old man, and he was walking the streets, and everybody, that, every man he came up to, he said, do you have the little blue book that has Jesus in it? Well, most people just looked at him like they were, he was crazy, you know, and he would go to the next. Well, finally, he went up to a man that looked similar to me, had an emblem on his jacket like this, and he said, do you have the little blue book that has Jesus in it? Well, this guy was a Gideon, and he just reached in his pocket, and he pulled it out. And... You know, our, our Bibles have, most of them have the plan of salvation in it. So our Gideon sat down and he went through the plan of salvation with this man. He explained all the details to it. The guy gladly accepted Jesus. And then the Gideon said, why don't you come and stay the night with me? Uh, I have plenty of room. You can spend the night with me. Well, the old man looked at him and he said, no, I have to start my journey back. It's going to take me seven days to get home. This man had walked seven days to get to find 
the little blue book that had Jesus in it. You know, the message of Jesus never grows old. It never changes. In our world today, there's so many things that are happening, and, our, and it seems like everything is upside down, but God is still on the throne, and God is still doing miracles and working His wonderful work. In the Gideon ministry, every penny that we receive goes to buy Bibles. Almost all of our workers are volunteer, and we have made arrangements uh, to where we buy Bibles in bulk, so we get those at a good cost. Uh, like Brother Green said, our ministry was started in 1899. Now stop and think about that. That means that for over 120 years this ministry has been in, uh, in effect. Today, uh, we're in over 120 countries and our Bibles are being translated in over 109 different languages. We put Bibles any, in any high traffic area that we can. The Gideon uh, verse that I always tie into what we do is found in Isaiah 55, 11. It says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it. You know, when you read that scripture and listen to it, it makes a promise. And it's so important to us as Christians, brothers and sisters, that we take that promise to heart. And work it in our lives. And when we do that, and when y'all pray and, and help us financially, it makes it easier for us to do our job, which is to distribute Bibles. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And then Jesus also made a promise and a commandment in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, when he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. You know, when we do our part, which is the obeying, God is going to bless that. He's going to bless anything that we get involved as long as we're obeying Him. How many of y'all still have your little school Bible, red Bible? Okay, there's mine. My mom saved it for me. It's... Uh, 58 years old now. You know, I always like to talk about the schools because our children need God's Word. And this year, in January, we our schedule kind of got off because of COVID, so we're going in the school systems now in January where we used to be in October. But over 800 New Testaments were, were uh, handed out in our school system this year in January. You know, we need for our children to be exposed to God's Word. Every opportunity that they can, they need to hear it. They need to learn it. They need to read it, study it, keep it in here. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. You know, God does this when we read His Word. By the way that uh, we have... Uh, I wanted to mention this because we just recently had a banquet, our Gideons, last week. And we had a speaker from Kiev, Ukraine. Now, how in the world he was able to get out, I don't know, but he did. And he came and he, sm he spoke. We had a tremendous success. God blessed it. But you know, you think about that country and the turmoil they're going through. Did you realize there's over 5,000 Gideons in that area right now? 
still doing their job in really difficult situations. Here we are, we live in West Monroe. You know, it's, it's a Bible Belt city. No one's gonna jump on you if you try to hand them a Bible. But sometimes we're reluctant. And here these people are over in a war zone still getting God's work done. Let me tell you a little story about why Gideons go into schools and distribute Bibles. Otis Townsend, a young man, was born into a family. There were eight of them. There were six boys and mom and dad. They were really a close family, but for some reason they didn't go to church. And the mom just didn't feel like it was important. Well, one day Otis went to school. Sure enough, the Gideon showed up. They gave him a little Bible like this. He was so excited. He came running home that day and he said, Mama, guess what? Mr. Gideon came to our school today and gave me a Bible. He was so proud of that Bible. His mom didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what uh, he had said. And since they didn't go to church, you know, it just kind of didn't go any further. But there was a Sunday school teacher that lived down the road from them that had been working on this family because there were six children involved. And finally, the mom said, okay, Otis can go to church. So the first thing he did is he grabbed that little red Bible and off to church he went. And he'd been going for, for a little while and came home excited uh, again, just, just bubbling over. He said, Mama, guess what? I got saved today. Let me show you how to be saved. Well, you know, his mom, not being in church, it took her aback, and she didn't really know what to say, but she said, well, that's good, Otis. She went on about her business. But God can, began working on her at that point, and he worked on her for several days, even weeks. And she knew that there was something missing in her life. She knew there was something that she needed. She knew she needed what Otis had. So she gave her heart to the Lord. And the next Sunday, she was in church. And she was going down the aisle, you know. We, we want to, when we accept God in our heart and Jesus comes into our heart, we want to share that with other people. We want to let them know that this is what the decision that we've made. So she was doing that, and she, she heard something behind her, and it was her oldest son. He was coming right behind her. So you see, the life that this young 11-year-old boy, because of what he did, it, God worked in the whole family. The whole family got saved. It was not long until even the dad was saved. But you know what? None of that would have happened if that Gideon hadn't went to that school and gave that Bible out. None of that would have happened if somebody just like you hadn't have donated the money to purchase that Bible. One of our local Gideons, uh, some of y'all would probably know him, he was in the Philippines several years ago and, and they were uh, doing distributions and they went in a school and they were standing around there and talking to some of the children and all and and he asked one of the children, he said, would you like to have a Bible? And the, the little boy looked at him and said, no, I don't want a Bible. Well, our Gideon, he said, okay, that's fine. So he said, I'm just going to lay it on your desk. So he put the Bible down on the little boy's desk, and he proceeded to tell the children about Jesus, the plan of salvation. 
what God could do. That Jesus stands and knocks on the door of your heart. And if you let him in, then you're assured of home in heaven. Well, our Gideon got ready to leave. And he was walking out the door and he felt something tugging on his shirt. He turned around and it was that little boy. And the little boy said, Mr. Don, today I'm going to be with you in heaven. So what he had said, even though he was reluctant in the beginning, what he had said had got through to him. You know, God's word penetrates. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. When it's spoken and when you uh, tell people about it, things are going to happen. You know, we like to say in the Gideon uh, ministry that our Bibles have a GPS, God's plan of salvation. Uh, a person can be saved just by obeying the scriptures uh, that are in the back of the Testament. And I, I have one here today. This is uh, what we give our military. And it says, God loves you. The scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then it says that we are all sinners, and we know that. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Uh, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. But God has a remedy for sin. We know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All may be saved now. Today is the day of salvation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All these scriptures are in the back of these little Bibles. And then we have an area where we say, my decision to receive Christ. Because sometimes people, they do that. God gets a hold of them and people get saved. And if they'll pray this prayer, confessing to God that I am a sinner... And believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and was raised for, for my justification, I do now receive and confess Him as my personal Savior. And what we like for them to do is sign their name and date it. And I'm telling you this story because I have another uh, example of how important the getting ministry is. You know, like I said, this is a military Bible. Well, December the 7th, 1941, just five days after the, uh, the war, World War II started, there was something terribly that had, that had happened. But there was something that had happened a few days before that involved the Gideon ministry. The, uh, in April of that year, the Gideon International had decided that they wanted to give out Bibles to all of our military, our naval, and army personnel. Well, the first thing they did was they signed a proclamation. 50,000 New Testaments were first originally set up to be distributed, and the place that they picked out was Pearl Harbor. That was going to be the first place. Well, uh, like I said, on December the 7th, December the 2nd, these Bibles were handed out and distributed. All the military that wanted one got one. And then we know what happened on the 7th. We know the story. All of us are, have studied it in school, and we know that it plunged our country into World War II. 
But you know, a lot of our, our Gideons, when they did this, they had no idea why they were doing this, why that they picked Pearl Harbor, or why that they chose the military. But you know what? God did. God had a plan, and he, he knew exactly what was coming, and he knew exactly what, ne- what was needed, and that was his word. Well, in his wonderful mercy, the plan that he had, all these scriptures were made available to these young men. Thousands, we know that thousands of servicemen lost their lives. But you know, as they were doing the cleanup, when they were going into the boats and looking on the beaches and into the places where where the attack happened, they kept finding these little Bibles. And they would, word was that they look in the back and they would see where a soldier just a few days earlier had read the plan of salvation and put his name in there and received Christ as his Savior. So we can see what we do is very important. We never have any idea what the uh, result is going to be. That's God's job. Our job is to be available and, and make sure that the work is done. Well, it's been 57 years since I gave my life to Jesus. I was just a young man, about the same age as Otis Towns, 11 years old. I can remember, uh, my family didn't go to church, and I, and I can remember a classmate invited me to church because the church that I went to was just right across the road. It was less than 100 yards, and I could walk there. So we had a revival meeting, and uh, so I went to church, and it was it's the best I can remember. It was the first time that I'd ever went to, a ch- to church, and I went by myself. And uh, well, I was met some friends there, but my parents weren't there. Well, you guess what? That night, God got a hold of me. He started convicting me for my sin. And I realized the preacher was talking about the Bible. He was talking about the plan of salvation. The song that was sung, that was... Uh, uh, the song that they had picked out for the revival service that they were going to sing every night was Love Lifted Me. And all of that just, you know, it touched me. But I was young. I can remember, you know, you hear people, they say, well, I was hanging on to the pew. Well, guess what? That's what I was doing. My hands turned white. I was hanging on because I knew what I needed to do, but I was really scared. So I went home that night and told my mom what what happened. And... Uh, she didn't say anything. And I said, but you know what, Mom? I didn't give my heart to the Lord tonight, but I'm going back tomorrow night and I'm going to do that. And that's what I did. Well, just a few short weeks after that, my mother got back in church. She had been saved at a young age. She got back in church. And then probably two or three weeks after that, my brother, my younger brother got saved. And my dad, who had been saved at an early age, had drifted away and had become a pretty rough guy. But God got a hold of him and he rededicated his life and at the age of 36 he surrendered to the ministry. Had Didn't have a, a high school diploma. Went back to high school, got his diploma and then finished school, college. Went into the ministry and preached up until two weeks before he died. He, he had cancer and he was in the pulpit. He was so sick that he had to sit down and preach that last message. So you see what God can do. You never know. You never know that God takes that little one 
And we think, well, you know, they don't know what they're doing. But you know what? When God's dealing with them, they do know what they're doing. Uh, that's my testimony. But, you know, the thing that really changed my life was about 10 years ago when I got into the Gideon ministry. Uh, it was something that I was called into. Um, and it's made a lot of difference in, in what I do, the way I think. And uh, my God is more special now than ever. There was a guy named Brandon Blair, and he had a similar childhood as mine. He was born in a Christian home. His dad was a pastor. He spent his childhood listening to his dad preach. He said he knew about the Lord, but he was really living in the world and for the world. 2001, when the terrorists attacked New York City, things changed for Brandon. He was a very patriotic man. So this burdened him, bothered him. So he said, well, the only thing I can do is join the Marines, and that's what he did. When Brandon left for boot camp in Paris Island, South Carolina, uh, he was not sure what God's plan was for him at that time. But, you know, being in the military, he just went on, and when he got was getting on the bus, there was a Gideon there, and he met him and gave him a Bible. Brandon ended up serving two tours in uh, Iraq, and he was getting on the bus for his second tour, and he received another Bible. Well, this one he stuck in his pocket, and he kept it with him all through that tour. Well, one day uh, they were out uh, chicken areas trying to secure a spot, and he was shot by a sniper. And Brandon spent several weeks in the hospital. He didn't have any outside contact. He couldn't really talk to anybody. So he just laid there, and he got to thinking about his life and what he needed to do, and he thought about that Bible. He said, I wonder what happened to that Bible. Well, he got to his closet, and he found his shirt. Guess what? The Bible's still there in his left pocket. Uh, he read Psalms where David went through some tough times. We all know the life of David. We know that David was a godly man, and we know that he failed God, but we know that God lifted him back up, and that's what's so great about our God. Our God is a God of second chances. God's Word did the same thing for Brandon laying right there in that, that hospital room. Brandon said he had a complete change of heart. At this time, he was all in for God. In 2007, he was discharged from the military, and he started feeling God's call to go into the ministry. He got enrolled in a seminary and began a full-time ministry in 2008. While he was in that seminary and uh, when he started his ministry, he met his wife, who he married in 2009. Listen to this story. For 13 years after leaving the Marines, Brandon, his wife, and now three children have served and they now are the senior pastor of Loveland Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Isn't that a powerful story of what God's Word can do in a heart? Brandon says that the military gave him a purple heart, but God gave him a new heart. And he said, I'll never know what Gideon that was that gave me that Bible. I'll never remember, but God knows, and he will be rewarded in heaven. You know, in the Gideon ministry, there are several ways that we have of 
collecting money. And one of the things that, that we do that's, that's, I think is outstanding and very important is we have a card ministry. And y'all are probably familiar with that. You know, we have cards that say, in memory of, thinking of, in recognition. And what you do is when someone in your family or a close friend passes away, instead of giving flowers or something that may not last, give them God's Word because God's Word is forever. It's going to continue to roll over. People are going to get that. You never know what one testament, the result, how many people will be reached with one testament. It's a good way to keep uh, giving for years because you know your loved one may be gone and you miss them, but that word, because of the life they live, the Christian example they set, and because of the desire that they instilled in people's hearts to give Bibles, they're still working for God, even though they're in heaven. Several years ago, my mom passed away, and there was over 75 Bibles given in her memory. And as a token of appreciation, the Gideon Ministry presented uh, my family, it was actually presented to me, but I feel like it was for my whole family. It has her name and everything on it. I really cherish this Bible uh, because it symbolizes my mother's faith and the life that she lived. You know, my mother was a strong, devout Christian. She read her Bible every day. She didn't have a whole lot of income, but you know what? She tied their income. She did the things that God wants, and that's obedience. You know, our Gideon camp and several camps in the state have given out several of these. We, we do presentations in churches or wherever the individual wants, and we, we hand these Bibles out. We've done several in our church over the last few weeks. Uh, and like I said, your loved one may not be here, but believe you me, their life is still working for God. Over the last several years, uh, I've been speaking in churches now about eight years, and you know, when you do this, you see a lot of things happen. You know, you go in different churches, different circumstances. But one that really sticks out to me happened about five years ago. I was in a church. They called it a cowboy church. But what it was was a barn that they made into a church. And, you know, I pulled up there that morning uh, prepared to speak. And the address they told me, there's a barn there. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm in the wrong place. So I, but I saw somebody getting out and going in, and they said, yeah, this is it. I went in, and when you walked inside, you could feel God's Spirit. It was a beautiful place on the inside. Well, I did my little speak, speech and talked to everybody and told them about the Gideons. And when I got done, I was standing at the back of the church with my Bible open, and people were coming out giving offerings and stuff. And I noticed this little lady standing off to the side. And she waited till just about everybody left. And then she kind of walked up to me and she kept her head down. But she had something in her hand. And she put a crumpled up envelope in my Bible. And she said, this is all that I have. This is the best that I can do. So I didn't think a whole lot about it uh, after that. And then we, I was counting the money with one of the deacons. And I, we got that envelope, and then I remembered what that lady had said. There was $2.67 in that envelope. It was in nickels, dimes, pennies, and quarters. Remember what the lady said. She said, it's the best that I can do. It's all that I have. And you know, as Gideons, we've received much larger gifts than $2.67, but we've never received a better gift. 
And it's simple because this lady did the best that she could do. She did what God expects from us, our best and our all. So today, in closing, I want you to pray for our ministry. You know, that's the most important thing you can do. This ministry has survived all these years because of people just like you, the things that you do in the churches. If we don't get in the churches, the ministry won't survive. If you don't pray for our ministry, it won't survive. If God leaves you to help us financially, then that's good. God will bless you for that. The churches that, are help, that help the Gideons, uh, God blesses them tremendously. Um, because that's one of the things, you know, when we talked earlier in the scripture, uh, Matthew talks about, Jesus said, to go ye therefore and teach all nations. Well, that's what we do. When we're handing out Bibles, that's what we're doing. We're teaching people about God's Word. You know, we give out Bibles, like I've said, to students. Uh, we go in doctor's offices, motels, hotels. Uh, we have cards and stuff set up in funeral homes. Anywhere where there's a high traffic area and where people will let us in, that's where Gideons will be. We stand on the side of the road sometimes. Did y'all, uh, any of y'all go to the fair here the last month or so? 102 heat index that day. We were out. We gave out 2,862 Bibles at that fair. It was hot, but you know what? When you give out that Bible to a young person, or we had uh, some Muslims come in that took our Bibles. You're talking about a reward and making you feel good. It was all worth it. But you know what? That money that we bought those Bibles with came from somebody just like you. Um, so our job really is uh, to just keep going for Jesus, to hand out his word, to share the gospel, and live the life so that when someone, that young person or that uh, person that's not saved, when they see that, they say, you know what, that person has something that I need. And maybe God will deal with them and, and they'll come to know Jesus. So I want to encourage you as a church. We need to encourage each other as Christians. You know, this is a hard time now. Our country's in a mess. Um, Everything is just upside down. But you know what? Here's the answer right here. When you start thinking about all the problems that we have as families, our children growing up, the country, go to God's Word, and that's where the answer is. When people's hearts get right, they do the right thing. That's what's needed in this country. So let's continue to work hard. Let's keep doing the work that God's called us to, and let's work until the work is finished. Thank you. Right there. Brother LeBoard will be back here at the main entrance going out, and there'll be two others at the other two exits. If you want to give anything to the Gideons, we'll be uh, collecting money to help them give out more Bibles around the world. Won't you stand with us this, this morning and let's sing together, Come Holy Spirit.
go ahead and close with prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for the work that the Gideons are doing, and thank you, God, for allowing us to help in that work. We pray for your guidance and your protection and your wisdom in all things that we do. We ask in your precious name. Amen.